Hey, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I am Alana here with Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing great. I've got Yay. coffee. So my favorite coffee lately, I've been trying to like lay off sugar. And okay. so I like making lattes and I like, um, you know, flavoring different kinds of flavoring mm-hmm. in my coffee. Mm-hmm. So, but I've been trying to not do the flavoring and only do either black coffee or lattes. So I've been making lattes and I'll put nutmeg and cinnamon mm-hmm. powder on the, on the yeah. top and it's so good. And every time I bring my coffee in the car, the kids are like, something smells like pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's that time of year. I know pumpkin, pumpkin can, is, seems on social media. I'm noticing that it can be very divisive. Isn't that silly? The pumpkin spice thing. If you like your pumpkin spice, go for it. (laughs) Some people are very angry about the pumpkin spicers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, happy fall. Happy pumpkin spice latte season to those of you who indulge. I mean, it sounds like you basically have made your own homemade pumpkin spice latte, right? I mean, basically without the the sugar and the artificial stuff. Well, at one point I actually went all out and I bought the Starbucks brand mm-hmm. pumpkin spice pump stuff that you put in, yeah. your, in your latte. It's just never the same when you make it for yourself. Like when oh, someone really? else makes you, this is just me. I love making coffee and I love my coffee, and I, but there's just something extra special when someone else makes it for you. And, you know, so it's not quite the same. It's a whole experience. For it sure. is, but it's really mm-hmm. good. It's definitely good. I just have to train up my daughter. Our daughter loves cooking and helping, but mm. I have not let her, she'll do some of the coffee prep. One of these uh-huh. days though, she's going to be my own dish. I think it's time for her to become my personal yeah. barista. I love that. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Well, did you know that there's a scientific reason why a sandwich that you make for yourself with the exact same ingredients doesn't taste as good as a sandwich someone else makes for you with the exact same ingredients. Does it have to do with like pheromones or like bacteria? Sort of. It has to do with the smell. So if you make it for yourself, you're already getting accustomed to the smell. And so when you go to take a bite, it's like, yeah, I've been like surrounded by this for five minutes. Yeah. But when someone hands it to you, it's, I guess, a little more novel. So that's the science behind it. I think there's probably even a sense of like, I think there's something to be said for when you're sick and your mom makes you chicken noodle soup because she loves you. That's totally different than chicken noodle soup from a can, you know? So I think there's some of that too, like, uh, but the science behind it has to do with, yeah, your smell and all of that. That makes perfect sense with coffee because Mm -hmm. that the smell of coffee and just like for, I could totally see that because when I'm making it for myself, I am grinding the coffee, I'm smelling it. It's the, the novelty has kind of worn off a little. I think it's Starbucks. It's some coffee shop has like the, one of the slogans is that one, that first sip feeling or something. Oh, and, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's true that that first sip is like, ah, oh, your whole, you know, <laughs> okay, maybe not for everybody. Maybe I have a problem, but like that one, that first sip, it's like you get all of the senses, you know, you smell it, you taste mm-hmm. it, you feel mm-hmm. the warmth, but 
the smell factor is diminished when you make it for yourself. That Mm -hmm. is so, oh, that's really insightful. I love it. Yeah. Really interesting. Well, none of this has anything to do with our topic. Although if we wanted to, I could make it uh, a very awkward segue and I could say something like, you know, in a lot of people's minds, coffee and the spice that you put in your coffee is kind of a small thing, but it can have a big impact on how our day goes. And so that's why Jamie and I planned that little tangent conversation to lead into our discussion on praying for small things. How'd that go? That's good. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm really excited about today because uh, similar, I mean, similar to the way some people get super excited about pumpkin spice latte and some people look down their nose at them. Some people get like really excited about, I prayed for a parking spot and God gave it to me. And some Christians look down their nose at that. I think there probably is a middle ground. Right. Like, I think there is some insensitivity in only praying for things that make your life more convenient. So I don't know. I'm just I'm excited to dive into this. What what is a almost like a a flippant prayer or not flippant? I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, Maybe you can fill it in for me. Like, um, what's too frivolous? Is there such a thing as something that's too frivolous to pray for? And how do we, how do we make sure that we have a balance in that? How do we make sure that we come to God with everything on our heart? But how do we also make sure that we, we are engaging with the God and creator of the universe with a sense of reverence and awe and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. And I, I think that in a lot of ways, um, the, the idea of praying for small things, like I think on one hand, some people might feel like because they pray for the parking spaces, because that's kind of our, our go-to to describe mm-hmm. the small prayers is like the parking space prayers, right? The spur of the mm-hmm. moment, you know, give me this thing that may not like the gospel doesn't hinge on it. We don't think, right. mm-hmm. but it's something that we're bringing a need to God. And I think some people that pray those kinds of prayers regularly might feel like, oh, I'm very spiritual for praying these things. And then there's another camp that might look at people that pray that way and say, that's over-spiritualizing or that's worrying. Why are you even worried about that when when Mm -hmm. there are unreached people groups? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of. Did you happen to watch that YouTube link I sent you yesterday? No, I was going to. And let me fill you in. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to watch it and I did not. Because it's actually, it's kind of applicable. So it's this Christian comedian. I just stumbled upon him yesterday. Um, John Christ, I think is his name. And he had this like five minute stand up thing about, yeah, I'm not praying for that. <laughs> and it was, you know, of course it's stand up. So he he takes it to absurd extremes, but he's talking about that, you know, like his nephew has asked for, or the sisters asked for prayer because the nephew has carpal tunnel in his thumbs from playing on, you know, iPad games too much. And he's like, yeah, I'm not praying for that. Like there's, there's orphans and widows and war and famine. I'm not praying for, you know, a three-year-old who's got carpal tunnel in his thumbs. Now he wasn't making any theological point. He was just being funny and entertaining. Right. But I think it, yeah, I think it's worth dissecting. So let's start with uh, the camp of 
of course you should pray for the parking spaces. Nothing is too little to pray for. Of course, if your nephew has carpal tunnel in his thumbs, you should pray for that. Whatever is on your heart, God wants to know. So I would say some of the pros of that side of just being in the nothing is too little to pray for camp. I think it does help you acknowledge God in the everyday. And I think that's what a lot of us miss. A lot of us are just so used to being in the rut of our schedule. We open up the fridge and of course we grab what we're going to eat for lunch because we're not thinking about the fact that so many people don't have access to food or clean water. Of course, we're going to just flush that toilet when we need to flush the toilet. And we, we don't give God thanks. So on the one hand, I think that praying for the very, very small things trains us to be grateful and not take things for granted. I would say that's one of the biggest kind of checks in the pro column for being in the nothing is too small to pray for camp. What else would you put in in that column? In the what are the benefits of adopting the there's no such thing as a frivolous prayer mentality? Um I think yeah, so just exercising dependence on God. Um I think for someone that has grown up with or has developed or has kind of a um like formal relationship with God where you feel like you have to come with fear and trembling all the time. And you have maybe, maybe your prayer life feels stilted and not as personal Mm -hmm. as you'd like it to. I think choosing to acknowledge the small things and bring them to God is, is maybe an exercise that you could do to grow your relationship with God in an area that might make you feel more like a child with, with your parent asking for the Mm -hmm. little things like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, because it would just help you, it would help maybe your view of God to expand to, you know what God does. He cares. He does care about these things. things. And so, you know, like in Philippians four, six and seven, where Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, Mm -hmm. but in every situation by prayer, petition, Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think another way, if you're an anxious person, if you're a worrier, I think becoming mindful of even the small things that Mm -hmm. cause you anxiety or cause you worry. Um, like those becoming aware of those things and taking them to God. Like, I mean, there, there are some people that just walking out the door in the morning is difficult Mm -hmm. because you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to see people you're, you're nervous and maybe you don't even know why. So just, Mm -hmm. yeah, having that kind of exercising, that kind of trust, I think can, can cultivate, I don't know. I think of it as exercising muscles in a different part of your prayer life to make them stronger or growing, growing that aspect of your prayer life with God, maybe. Yeah. And I think the exercise is a really good analogy because like, you don't want to, let's take it to like toning and bodybuilding. Like you don't want to just work out your calves. Like you would end up really unbalanced (laughs) if you spent two and a half hours a day focusing on your calf muscles and never did any exercise with any other part of your body. I think that only praying for what a lot of people would consider the very little things that don't make a difference between life and death. They don't make a difference between salvation or not. Uh, They basically just make your life slightly more convenient. 
if that's if that's all you pray for, then I think you're kind of like the person who spends two hours a day at the gym just toning their calves. It's kind of like, well, what's what's the real point? But I don't think the answer is therefore never pray about something small. And I think especially women, I think what we do, I think some of the prayers that we think are frivolous are actually anything but. Mm -hmm. And so let's say that you and I are talking and I'm really concerned because like, I've just had these really terrible, this is all hypothetical. I've had these really terrible stomach cramps for the last three days. I'm just, I'm feeling really miserable. I'm grumpy with the family. I don't know what's wrong with me. And then let's say that um, you're concerned because a loved one has just gotten a very serious, in a serious accident or something like that. If you and I are talking and we are sharing prayer requests as we do, I think there's a lot of women who would say, oh, Jamie's going through so much. I can't bring up this thing I'm going through right now. Or like a couple of days ago, our dog, um, she she was throwing up. She couldn't keep anything down. She had gotten into some avocados the day before. So we were worried she had some blockage. Like we we had to make contingency plans for, okay, if this gets worse, what are we going to what are we going to do? And out here, yeah. when there's no vet for three hours, um, people are going to have to use their sad imaginations to think about what the contingency plans were. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine. But if I was, I, I did the thing, put my hands on her stomach. I prayed for her belly. I prayed for whatever blockage. I prayed for God to intervene. If I had been too mindful of like, I think we have this inner critic that sits on our shoulder and says, oh, that's a stupid thing to be praying for. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have prayed for my dog. Um, And so I think that sometimes we consider the things that we want to pray for frivolous when they're actually not. And I think that a lot of women were so used to focusing on others' needs and putting others, you know, putting our family before ourselves and and things like that, which I think is something beautiful that makes us, you know, great women, great mothers, great friends. But I think it can hurt our prayer lives if we say, oh, and therefore I can never pray for myself about this thing, right? Like another hypothetical I'm going to my high school reunion and I feel self-conscious because I've gained weight since I was, you know, 18. You can pray about that. And that is, that is okay. Like I remember being a teenager and realizing that I could pray about the crush I had. And it made me feel so close to God because up until then I was like, God doesn't care about that. God thinks that this is silly. Like God thinks that this is so stupid and I'm so immature. And when I realized, no, like, God's my father who cares about what's on my mind. That brought me so much closer to the Lord to be like, oh, I can come to him with anything on my heart. I think that includes just the minor aches and pains, the minor inconveniences, the I'm really anxious about driving in Anchorage traffic. So I'm going to pray that I don't get, you know, stuck in construction or something. I think all of those are, are good to pray for because, um, so I guess, yeah, as we talk about it, I, I would lean more towards, no, like there's not really such a thing as frivolous prayer as long as it's getting balanced out, you know, as long as you're not doing 90% of your praying for things that just make your life more convenient. Right. And I, you know, and I think that gets us into some of the cons. I wouldn't call it cons. I would say pitfalls maybe. Yeah. Like or maybe even potential pitfalls. Poten- yeah. Potential pitfalls um, of 
being a person that prays for all the little things um, is I don't think that you should stop necessarily praying for little things because like I said, I feel like it cultivates a, I love the way you put that, that it it made you feel so close to God to know mm-hmm. that he cared, you know? I mean, the Bible yeah. says he cares. He knows the numbers of hairs on our head, right? Like he formed mm-hmm. us in the womb. He knows everything about us and, and he does care. And so I feel like, um, one of the pitfalls though, is that if you pray for all of those little things, for me, a lot of those little things, um, have to do with my comfort or Mm -hmm. my definition of good and, you know, the parking space or, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, I do give this caveat, like, the person that I first heard talk about praying for parking spaces was someone who had very severe knee pain and yeah. didn't have a handicap tag at the mm-hmm. time. And it was like, mm-hmm. please let me, I'm in so much pain, Lord, help me. Yeah. You know, it was more than just makes sense. let it be convenient. Um, yeah. And so, you know, at this point in my life, I don't often pray for parking spaces because I need the exercise and I don't have that. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, this will be good for me. But, um, but anyway, I when I do pray for the small things, a lot of times it is things like, oh, like okay, so A, it's something that will make my life more convenient, such as, oh, please let this light turn green mm-hmm. and because I'm running late. Right. Well, A, that is a convenience. That's not like, you know, and 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 if I continue to pray for those things, is it at the expense of being more outwardly focused. And if it's not, then I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, but if it is like, if I get wrapped up, I can sometimes get wrapped up in my own little world. And -hmm. there are times when asking for prayers for those kinds of things keeps me in my own bubble and in my own head. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense more? And in my own world. So I, I think that could be definitely for a certain personality type like me. And number two, am I trying to compensate for my lack of planning and responsibility by praying for these little things to fall into place? And so many times I could have gotten up 15 minutes earlier. I could have been a little quicker with my shower so that we could get out the door. So that red light wasn't the difference between getting my kid to school on time and being late. Um, So I do think that there are times when small prayers or big prayers, but a lot of times these small everyday, depending on God prayers, it can shift our responsibility. And like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, the joke of the guy, you know, the, the water's rising, the guy is Mm -hmm. getting Mm -hmm. ready to drown. And he's like, Lord, help me. And a boat comes by and he says, no, God's going to help me. Airplane or helicopter comes by. Nope. God's going to help me. You know, Mm -hmm. I need to be mindful for sure that I am also taking responsibility for the things that I can do for my part. And obviously things are going to happen that are beyond your control. Mm -hmm. And even when you don't do everything responsibly, I don't think it's wrong to pray for that light to be green. You know, God knows we're not perfect and, and sure, maybe I could have gotten up earlier, but I, I didn't, it doesn't pray about it, but -hmm. again, just make sure that it's not at the expense of personal responsibility. So I think those are kind of two potential pitfalls I could see is make sure that those small prayers that typically revolve around convenience or things that you define as good 
don't come at the expense of being outwardly focused, praying other things, either quote unquote, bigger things for yourself Mm -hmm. or others. Um, And also number two, not taking the place of personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think out loud over what's in my head about the personal responsibility thing. Cause sick of what you were talking about it. So I think definitely when I think we can over spiritualize our accountability to each other in a way that really like I would, I would consider this one of my pet peeves. So as an example, let's say that, um, I'm, I'm running way late. I was supposed to meet you at 10 and it's 1045 and I just now show up and I say, oh, sorry, I'm late. You wouldn't believe, but, uh, God had my college roommate call me and we've been talking and (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like some people kind of use that language and I could have sent you a text because I said, Hey, something came up. I'm, I'm running late. I could have told my roommate, you know, I really want to catch up with you, but I have a commitment. So I think sometimes we are not, I think there are a very, very, very small percentage of people who in general are not very thoughtful about other people's time. And the way they explain it is a kind of blame God, right? Yes. So, yeah. um, sorry, I was praying for, for red lights or for green lights and they were all red. Well, that means, oh, sorry, God made me late. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so that's some of it, but I really think that if I had to wager, if I had to wager where the majority of Christian women listening fall on the spectrum of, do you pray, um, really frivolously in a way that maybe you needs to get a little more serious versus do you do you censor your prayers so much because you feel like they're too frivolous i think way too many women fall under i'm going to censor my prayers Mm because that's what i was thinking even when you were talking about the red lights i was picturing you you're late you're blaming yourself for being late and there's almost a sense of and therefore i don't deserve to pray for green lights because i deserve to have god punish me like i made my bed mm. i better lie in it mm. and i think that i think that we sometimes do that like i don't know i i absolutely agree that there's something to be said for personal responsibility if you if you commit a sinful action and suffer physical, like earthly consequences for that, God can forgive your spirit and you are still going to have to like sit in that jail cell for what you did or something like that. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so I don't believe that prayer is meant to get us out of the consequences of our sins, but I also don't feel like it's our job to say, Oh, I, I don't deserve to have God give me green lights now, but here's the other pitfall that I think uh, we need to be aware of. I think there's another real big pitfall where when things go our way, when we get those green lights, when we get those parking spots, we almost give ourselves a spiritual pat on the back. We're like, Ooh, I must've done something to make God happy with me today. As opposed to just being thankful to God, like, Oh, thanks. Like when I drive through downtown Anchorage to get, so basically when, when I drive to you, I take the Glen, I go all the way through downtown Anchorage. And then I turn into what becomes, I think what, Minnesota? I, I forget. But anyway, that, that's the route I take. And downtown Anchor is like, it's it's one of those annoying places to drive because there's all the one ways. There's like stop stoplights in every single block and the blocks are like this close together. But 
it's organized in such a way that basically once you hit one green light, <laughs> the rest are green. Have you noticed that? And so well, my husband has noticed that it's the converse where if you get it, if you hit one red light, <laughs> you hit every red. single stinking one. Yes. You know, that, that almost, uh, I think that's a pretty good explanation of your husband's personality and my personality. Yes. <laughs> both are probably very true statements, but they both like, are. You hit one green light and then the way it's times, they all become green. Like I remember the first time or uh, for several times it happened to me. Now I don't pray for them, but I do thank God for them when they happen. That's kind of, that's where I'm at. I, I appreciate little blessings and I, I acknowledge God for them, but I do have to, I think my pitfall is I could also do that little pat on the shoulder. Be like, Oh, God's happy with me. Now I get there. I'm like, well, of course they're all green. Like that's the way the designers scheduled it, like with traffic flow. Right. So there's also something to be said for just natural consequences. You were late. So you show, you know, like you left the house late. So you got there late. Like that's kind of how it works. Um, I think I, I may have lost my initial thread there, but those are just some of the things going through my mind. And especially I want to warn women against censoring your prayers, right? Like I think that, I think that culturally women already do a lot of, they get a lot of censoring from outside and then we internalize it. So I'm even thinking about like, um, I have a lot of friends who write romance, a lot of author friends who write romance novels. And I would say over half of them struggle at least from time to time with, oh, romance is just fluff. Why, why, why can't I write something more serious? Right. And I think there's a place for all kinds of literature. And I think that God can be glorified in all kinds of fiction and nonfiction. And I think that our culture takes things that I think that's why pumpkin spice latte has become controversial. I actually do. It is something that a chunk of women get excited about. And then here comes this big old society being like, why are you all so frivolous? And so I think that we've got these, um, I think we've got these, like we, we carry around this baggage as women of, oh, I can't be frivolous. Oh, I can't be selfish. Oh, I can't like pumpkin spice latte because it's silly. Um, I think that carries into our prayer lives in ways that most of us would never recognize. Look at you bringing it home, like bringing it full <laughs> circle. I'm so proud. <laughs> I know. Aren't you glad that we like we outlined it out to start talking about like pumpkin spice and coffee at the very beginning of the episode? Well, I just I prayed that 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 would happen. I prayed, <laughs> I prayed for it all to come together. No, I think yeah. you make a really good point. And um, yes, absolutely. Don't censor your prayers. Can't you is isn't there room for all kinds of prayer. Yeah. The one thing as you were talking that came to my mind, and it's again, a personal observation is mm -hmm. it's back to the pitfalls. We kind of are flip-flopping back and forth, uh -huh. but back to the pitfalls. Sometimes my small prayers and big prayers, but a lot of times the little prayers, it's, it's, it comes from a heart that wants to be in control. It's like, I want to control mm -hmm. every little aspect of every little thing. And mm -hmm. in my mind, I'm like, well, I know I can't control it, 
but God can. So let me tell him to do it. Mm. Like he's my employee or something. And Mm -hmm. again, please don't take it as don't pray for the little things, but I would say always, always check your motives. Always, always just be mindful of why we're praying the things we are because all, you know, the, I'm going to just, I have to read it because in talking about any kind of prayer, uh, James four, three, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures, check your motives. And if your motive is, I just want to take every single thing, every single desire of my heart to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just keep on praying, but always just kind of keep reflecting. Cause I know that at times it'll be during hockey games when mm-hmm. I want to control the outcome of my child's experience in that game. Mm-hmm. For the good that I think I can, um, for for what I would define as good for them, for for him or her, mm-hmm. depending on the kid, um, mm-hmm. and and so I'll pray. Okay, just please let that kid score a goal, or let that kid shut down this this attempt at scoring, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and and even with parking spaces, even with red lights, even with, um. I can't think of some other examples off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. just the things that that are small, just make sure that you're not trying to craft every detail. And not that we can't pray for those things that we think are good. I think as long as we are constantly, when whatever we get back from that, whether the light turns mm-hmm. red or green, that we can be like, okay, God, what do you have for me in this yeah. situation? Mm-hmm. So with the parking light, uh, with, with the stoplight example, let's say I'm praying, God, please help me. I need to get to this appointment on time or it will reflect badly on me in the long run. It'll mm-hmm. have consequences and the lights are red. And, and instead of thinking, well, God must hate me right, or being deflated because you couldn't control it mm-hmm. saying, what do you have for me in this Lord? Thank you that you're always in control. Thank yeah. you that when I take my my deepest desires to you, that the Holy Spirit intercedes and what mm-hmm. I get back isn't the genie in a bottle, exactly what yeah. I asked for. It's for my absolute best. And, you know, show me what you have for me in being late. What can I learn? Yeah. Amen. How can I glorify you in it? And mm-hmm. And so I think not to stop praying those things, but checking the motives and following through with whatever happens and responding Mm -hmm. also in a way that's glorifying to God. I love that. And I think that it brings us back to what we've talked about before. And that's what's the prayer behind the prayer. Mm -hmm. So you're late, you're rushing, you're praying for green lights, ask yourself, okay, am I really just asking for green lights or or what do I true? Like, what's my true soul Mm -hmm. desire in this moment? It's probably not the green light. It's probably, I don't want to feel rushed. I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to feel anxious. I don't you want can, people to be unhappy with me. Yeah. You can be late to something and not feel rushed or anxious about it. Like for some people that feels impossible, but but maybe you are just praying for God to give you peace of mind, to give to make it so you're not, you know, drive driving in a frenzy because you're so stressed about being late. Or let's go back to the, I'm about to go to my high school reunion and I feel awkward because I've gained weight. The prayer behind the prayer, I doubt is, dear God, help me lose 10 pounds, right? Like, I don't think that's anyone's true heart desire. Mm -mm. I think the true heart desire might be, help me to feel confident, help me to feel beautiful, help me to 
not be even thinking about my weight. So I don't need to worry about it. (laughs) Right. Like there's, there's deeper stuff. So I would say a good takeaway, like, please, please don't stop praying for what you consider frivolous, but maybe what you can do is when you catch yourself being like, oh, why would I even pray for that? That's so silly. Remember, God wants to know what's on your mind. And sometimes our minds are full of things that in the grand scheme of things aren't huge. We we can't all walk around 24 seven with the entire weight of the universe, like in the forefront of our brains. <laughs> and so take to God, whatever is on your mind, whether it feels big or small, but those times when you're like, um, you feel that little twinge of guilt, like, should I even be praying for this? Like, should I really pray that my kid makes this hockey goal? Ask yourself like, okay, what, what's my true soul desire here? My true soul desire is that my kid honors God in this game and stays safe, right? Go ahead and pray they make the goal, but maybe take it one step deeper and pray for, pray for kind of what underlies that as well. Yeah. And I think you hit on this earlier. Um, in addition to praying for small things, um, don't be afraid to give thanks for small things, for yes. little frivolous things mm-hmm. too. That That's a great exercise because a lot of the praying for small things is asking something of God. Mm-hmm. So it's also great to just be like, okay, for everything that I'm not that you need to keep track, but you know, for all the things that I'm, that I'm asking small things, let's make sure that we're, we're also just finding things to be thankful for and, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like that pumpkin spice latte, that first exactly. sip feeling. Thank <laughs> you God for that first sip feeling. Yeah. And I think that it's important to remember, like, it doesn't have to be either, or it's not like exactly. I'm going to pray that Starbucks hasn't run out of my favorite flavor, or I'm going to pray for lost souls in unreached people groups. Like it is actually okay to pray for your favorite coffee flavor to be at the store and also to pray that God would be reaching out to unreached people groups. And, and like I said, yeah. you know, let's take it to Ecclesiastes. There's a season for everything. None yeah. of us can be in that mindset of perpetual, heavy, 24 seven, like heavy duty intercession. We just, our bodies are finite. Our brains are finite. Our energy is finite. So, so sometimes we are thinking about romance novels or we're thinking about a soap opera or we're thinking about a silly little like toothbrush jingle that's stuck in our head. Like those are all okay springboards for prayer as well. It doesn't have to be all serious all the time. Um, and I hope if anything, I hope it helps women to feel a little more free. Cause like I said, I, I think the majority of us, if we were to err on one extreme or the other, we would err on, oh, I can't pray for that. Or, oh, I'm so selfish for even wanting to, to pray for that. And God wants to know what's on your mind, right? If your kid asks for a coloring book for their birthday, your, your go-to isn't you're so selfish. Don't you know that there are starving children in the world, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, that's cute. He wants a coloring book, right? Sometimes our desires can can just be desires and that's okay too. Yeah. Well said. Alrighty. Anything else you want to add or should we wrap it up? No, let's wrap it up. I think this is good. This is good for me. Definitely. I love this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So for all of our pumpkin spice loving fans, when you, uh, when you're ordering at the store next time, think about, yeah. Remember to say, say a prayer to God for this one season. You know, it's, um, I, I love that we're talking about this now because we're, I'm already in pre-Thanksgiving mode. Like mm-hmm. I, I adore Thanksgiving. Um, 
I, I like this time of year. Like I'm not a pumpkin spice fan, but I love that fall aesthetic, you know, just the, the pretty colors and the scarves and, you know, all of that. And, uh, I've been thinking a lot about, I've, I've had it running through my head. The, um, what's the hymn, the, for the beauty of the earth. Do you remember that yes, one? Yes. I love it. And like going through all the verses and, and I love it because it's thanking God for very simple things, right? Um, for, I forget how it's worded, but it's like for pretty things I see, I praise you for the joy of the love I have for my family. I praise you. Um, I just, I, I really love Thanksgiving because I think it reminds us that it's okay. If it's okay to give thanks for something that we would consider frivolous, I think it's also okay to pray about those things. I think that's a a good way to put it. Um, So if you are thankful for, uh, I don't know, you're thankful because your favorite um, secular artist has a new album coming out, go ahead and pray about it. Like show God that you're thankful by thanking him for that. You know, just everything. I think it's... um, I think it's a really good exercise to like, just look around your home, look at what you're surrounded by. Think about what your schedule is surrounded by and ask yourself, like, do I regularly pray for these things? Do I regularly give thanks to God for these things? And if not, then maybe you you could afford to be doing more what some people might consider frivolous prayers. Yeah, Absolutely. Alrighty, well, let's go ahead and wrap up and we want to leave you now with our blessing and benediction. May the word of God dwell in you richly, guiding you, leading you in the way you should go. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, may God's word be a light for your path and a lamp to your feet. May his word fill you with the knowledge of his will and thoroughly equip you for every good work. And our benediction is from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.